Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching. Father, open eyes today. Um, This message... Father, I think it was maybe about five years ago uh, I talked about some of these things, uh, but you really burned this message on my heart today, and uh, we're going to review them and learn some practical things, Father, to, to keep you, uh, your, your, your presence fresh in our lives and uh, uh, to help us continue to hear your voice. So, Father, meet us in this moment, and I pray, Father, folks aren't just listening for a sermon, that they are listening for your voice your word to them in this hour. And I give you honor for it in Jesus' precious name. We all say amen. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with the the first verse. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Now, Elijah had just called down fire from heaven, and he killed 400 prophets of of Baal on Mount Carmel. I mean, it was a spectacular scene. The nation turned to the Lord, and, uh, you know, Elijah was a bad boy. He was mighty in spirit and mighty in power, but he let himself get so drained that, that he stopped thinking right. And this is what we can let happen to us if we're not careful. You know, if I look back over my life, every major adult mistake that I have made came when I let myself get tired. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I was, you know, uh, uh, not trained properly or even a bad person. I let myself get weary. And, and it's amazing how, you know, even when I was a kid, typically before I did something dumb, I'd be like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I'm not going to take it. And, and that tired, I, I would hear myself say, I'm tired. And right before, uh, right after I said I was tired, something stupid would come. So uh, I've learned in my adult life, when I start hearing myself say, I'm tired, to guard against stupid. Verse 2, then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, everybody talks about how bad Jezebel was, and you don't want to be a Jezebel and all that, but you need to understand there can't be a Jezebel without an Ahab. The only thing worse than a, a weak woman is a weak man. 
You know, a weak man cannot lead a strong woman. That's important because he don't know what to do with her. And Jezebel was a strong woman, but, but Ahab didn't know what to do with her. So, so you know, men, uh, the, the answer to uh, a, a, a strong woman in your life is for you to also become a strong man. And when he saw that, the NIV says, uh, actually, Elijah was afraid. He didn't just see it. He became afraid. And he arose and ran for his life. This is the guy that just single-handedly, a couple verses back, slay, you know, slayed 400 prophets of Baal uh, with his own uh, sword. Uh, now he's running from a woman that's probably less than five foot tall. But, but we got to cut, you know, Elijah a little bit of, of slack because, you know, women can be scary no matter what species you are. And, and Elijah, he, he's running about 80 miles. <clears throat> he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. Now, Elijah had just had one of his most powerful moments in his ministry. And we have to be cautious about this. Let me put it this way. I don't want to inject uh, uh, fear in your heart as much as uh, pay attention. Often it's when we have our greatest victories that we become most vulnerable to failure. It was right before Moses was about to enter the promised land. Finally, after all those years, he was about to, 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 to you know, lead the, 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 the children of Israel into a breakthrough. And what did he do? He, instead of speaking to a rock, he hit the rock. And, and sometimes we, we sabotage ourselves right before, you know, the victory, because deep down inside, we don't really believe we deserve it. And, uh, you know, this is a subconscious thing, but, but I've watched people do this. We, right, right, right there. They could have pushed through, but, but we just, you know, sabotage ourselves and, uh, we do something silly like Elijah is about to do. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So he ran until he couldn't run anymore, and he came and sat down under a broom tree. Now, in the past, every uh, decision or a move made by Elijah was prefaced by, by the words, the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to him. But for the next six verses, we don't see this at all. You know, emotions can be great servants, but they are terrible, terrible leaders. And Elijah begins to slowly unravel. Uh, his emotions are getting the best of him, and we find that he's no longer listening to the Lord. And Elijah prayed that he might die. Have, have you ever had God bring you through so many victories, but this one person, this, this one thing that this one person does makes you forget everything God has ever done up to that time. And what was happening in Elijah's life is he was losing perspective, losing perspective. And that's what the enemy wants us to do, get us so tired, so exhausted, so weary from the battle that we see our friends as enemies, our enemies as friends, and, and, and small things as big things. And, and this is what was happening in the, in the prophet's mind. And, and what I've learned to do in the midst of, of, of overwhelming situations and when my emotions start trying to run away with me, simply to breathe. It's only a, a bad day, not a bad life. And I got to keep perspective. Yeah, this was a bad moment. Yeah, this was a bad week. But it will not necessarily make a bad life. But he said, watch the prophet, he said, it is 
enough. Basically, Lord, I can't take it anymore. One moment he's on the top of the mountain calling down fire. God's answering. The people are choosing God. Great revival in the nation. Everyone's celebrating Elijah. The next minute we're about to find him in a cave. Emotions are fickle. And the sooner you learn that, this is important, the better off you'll be. You cannot necessarily trust your emotions. When I feel my emotions starting to get away with me, uh, I learn to, to pay attention to the people that are in my life. I'll start asking them more questions. I'll, I'll ask more input before I make decisions because emotions, they, they, they scream loudly. And uh, s- sometimes they're an overreaction uh, to, to smaller items. And with that, you need uh, good people in your circle to help you maintain perspective. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. And nobody was expecting him to be better than anybody else. Uh, all, all God wanted for Elijah was to be the best Elijah that Elijah could, could, could be. And we, we, we all have moments where we feel like uh, throwing in a towel. We, we all have moments where, you know, we just feel like, man, if the ground would open up, swallow me up, I'd be good with it. But the reality is this too shall pass. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln actually had problems with depression similar to Elijah? The same with Thomas Jefferson. And, and you know, if we, we bring it a little, little further along, Martin Luther King had severe issues with depression. Serena Williams, uh, Dwayne uh, Johnson, all struggled at times with depression. Now, uh, imagine if Lincoln would have yielded to the, those low moments. We might not have made it through the, the uh, uh, Civil War. Imagine if Thomas Jefferson would have yielded to, to his moment, we would have never had the Louisiana Purchase, and, and those in Louisiana would, would be still speaking uh, 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 French. Uh, imagine, you know, if, if MLK, um, you know, yielded to, to his depression, uh, you know, there, there'd still be lynchings in the United States. As a matter of fact, I've been watching the news, and it still seems like there's some lynchings going on in the United States of America. Uh, I'm not happy with what I, 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 I'm seeing, but, but nonetheless... Uh, if he didn't, if he yielded, he would not have had the results that, or the impact that he had in history. And, and you know, Serena would have never went to, to Wimbledon and, and, and the, you know, uh, uh, The Rock wouldn't have done Jumanji and, or The Iron Gang, and, you know, or whatever movies you, you like of his. Those things would not have happened if he would have yielded. And here's the deal. The, the devil knows what, what God has for you. So he's intensely trying to get you to yield to, 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 to that baser part of you and that, that short-sighted part of you trying to shrink perspective and, and make it look like it's worse than it is in order to get you to give up. So you can't get to your Jumanji. You can't get to Wimbledon. You, you cannot lead through a, a crisis time, you know, in your life or your, your family's life. Then it says in verse 5, he, he just said, Lord, I want to basically kill myself. You know, he didn't really say kill myself. If he wanted to kill himself, he could have killed himself. But he, he, he's basically saying, you know what, I, I, I just want to die. And uh, right after that, verse five, then as he lay and what? Slept. So this tells us a whole lot. What was Elijah's real problem? His real problem was that he got tired and he let himself get tired. Constant emotional output without refreshing and, 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 and positive input will eventually make, you know, even the best of us a little bit loopy and a little bit off. 
And, uh, you know, as, uh, as a leader, I know I have often faced this. Uh, you know, some folks think, well, you know, you, you're doing X, Y, and Z. You're supposed to have it all together. And, and they forget there's a human being under, underneath all that. And they just think you ought to, you know, just, man, you, you shouldn't have no problem. Then when you have a problem, sometimes people judge you and, and criticize you. So I thought you were stronger than that. Well, I'm just a person. Uh, you're just a person. And uh, the, the reality is any human being, I don't care who you are, if there's more uh, coming out of you than going in you, you're going to find yourself in a deficit. And if you stay in that deficit too long, you'll end up like Elijah, making poor Decisions. So I know in my life, I've learned to pay attention to some of the markers that lets me know that I'm going into deficit territory. Let's keep reading. He said he slept up under a broom tree and suddenly an angel, watch this, touched him. So the first thing he needed was to get some rest. But the second thing that happens here is a messenger of God or an angel actually touched him. And here's the deal, because you can miss the order here. You say, well, I need a fresh touch from God. Yeah, yeah, that may be true. But sometimes if God touches us in our exhaustion, we will keep letting ourselves get exhausted because we'll expect God to touch us again in that same state. Meaning, some, you know, one time, you know, you're crying out to God and, and, and tears are flowing and God answers your prayer. And then you're like, well, you know what? Next time I'm going to do the exact same thing because I want to get the exact same results. And the reality was that it wasn't just your tears. It was sometimes it's that heart-to-heart thing that really made all the difference in the world. Tears happened to accompany it, but it was that heart-to-heart that really caused God to, to respond. And, and what can happen, and God is wise, he wants to train us properly. So if every time we get tired... God begins to speak to us and, and, and lift us out of that. We will never deal with trying to, to keep ourselves from getting to that exhausted point. Because we'll be like, well, you know what? I'm tired. That means God's about to show up and, and minister to me. So he said, first, you're going to get some rest. And I want you to learn how to manage your weariness. I want you to learn how to manage uh, 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 how tired your soul is right now. So I need you to do something practical. I want you to get some, some rest. And then the angel came and began to uh, minister to him. And he said to him, and by the way, the angel's carrying the presence of God. And by the way, the presence of, you know, the presence of God is super important. But uh, on, on a, uh, a lower level, the presence of, of God loving and fearing people in our life is also a big deal. And just like at night, you know, the, the moon is really the sunlight's reflecting, the, the light of the moon is really the sun reflecting off the moon. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you may not be able to get the direct sun, but you can get moonlight. And in this case, this angel was representing moonlight, if you will. He was a secondary source of God's presence. And this is why we need people in our lives that will minister, that will accept us as we are, embrace us as we, we are. You know, I, I have guys that I have played cards with for over 15 years. And, um, you know, we pick on each other and, and, and laugh a lot as we're, we're playing cards. But it, it's an opportunity for me not to, to carry responsibility. It's, it's an opportunity for me just to be with the guys and to be in the presence of other fellas. And it's hard to explain that, but it's something about iron sharpening iron. It's just, you know, when you get in the presence of others, it's refreshing. And we need company in our lives that will refresh us. So, 
practical things begin to happen to pull Elijah out of this funk. First, he gets some rest. Secondly, uh, we see that God brings some good company uh, into his, his presence. And then the angel said to him, arise and what? Eat. So the third thing God asked him to, to do or had him do to come out of this situation was for him to eat some good good food. And in this case, it was spiritual food because it was uh, 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 angel bread, if you will. Uh, Elijah needed a good rest. He needed some good company. And he also needed some spiritual food. And when I find myself emotionally getting sideways and I know I'm moving in a, di- a wrong direction, I'll start digging into the word more and maybe listening to others more and uh, uh, you know, I, I'll do those types of things because ultimately I'm responsible for me and I have to take care of myself in order to take care of others. And he said, arise and what? Eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake of uh, baked, I'm sorry, there was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. You see here, Elijah didn't need anything deep. All he needed was uh, a good rest, some good company and some good spiritual food. Actually, here it was physical food. Um, It it was angels' food, but it was food that he can eat. So, uh, you know, your your diet can impact you in more ways than you think. So he ate and drank and lay down what? Again. What? Again. Sometimes it takes more than just one good night, you know, of sleep before perspective starts to come back. Sometimes it takes more than just, you know, one phone call from a friend for perspective to start to come back. And, and you know, it, it's not always what's happening to you as much as how you see what happens to you. And when things get warped in your mind and you're not seeing clearly, you can end up like this prophet here, depressed and messed up, missing the fact, you know what, hey, you just led a great national revival and I mean, you know, fire did come down from heaven. God did answer your prayer and you did get rid of the false prophets and, and there were things to celebrate, but he, he, he had lost perspective. And this is what weariness and tiredness is designed to make you do. You know, you heard of the 80, 20 rule where, you know, uh, uh, 20% of your marriage is tough, but, but, but the 80% is, is, is pretty great. And often what we do when, we, when we're tired and weary, we start focusing on the 20%. And because of that 20%, we lose the 80. And we have to be wiser. This is why we need solid friends, good company, good company in our lives to, to help us when, when we feel depleted and, and, and our, our, our lens starts getting uh, warped. I mean, when, when, when you look at a, a field of dandelions, you, you have a couple options here. You can either see a thousand weeds or a thousand wishes. How many of you, when you were kids, would blow on those wishes, you know, the white dandelions, just in case you're, you're not, you know, from here, you blow on them and you get a wish. So it really depends on how you see the field. Do you see dandelions or, or, or wishes that are, that are, are emerging? The big thing to do in the midst of weariness is to maintain perspective. It's a bad day. It's a, maybe a bad week. It's maybe a bad month. Maybe it's a bad year, but it's not a bad life. We have to maintain perspective. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, arise and what? Eat. So 
this is the second time. He says, get up and what? Eat. So sometimes it requires, again, more than one visit. Sometimes it takes more than, than one meal to, to, to bounce back from exhaustion. And in church, I, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't know what I was talking about. I know more about what I'm talking about than I want to ever admit. He said, arise and eat because the journey is too great. It's too great for you. Notice, God had no problem doing whatever it took to help Elijah get his strength back. But God didn't just snap his finger and give Elijah, you know, uh, perspective and all the rest. Elijah had to go through a process and had to be part of the what process. God doesn't require any of us to be Superman or Superwoman. All, all, all he wants is, is, is just his child. And, uh, you know, I've said this before, you know, I'll talk to God and God's like, I don't want to talk to Bishop. I want to talk to you. He just wants to talk to his child, not someone trying to lead, not someone trying to be strong, not, not someone who's trying to bear up under the weight of things. He wants me to talk to him from my heart. And you as, as mother, as father, as, uh, uh, you know, boss, as leader, uh, you know, those responsibilities can weigh on you so much that you're so busy trying to do for others that you're not really tending to what's really going on inside of, of you. So he arose and ate and what? Drank. All, all he needed was some rest, some good company, and some good food in order to turn things around. And he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. So it was the practical things. It was him resting, him eating, some company. He spent some time in the presence of that angel that prepared him for what was next in his life. And sometimes it's not attention to these practical things that disqualify us for the amazing spiritual things that God has ahead of us. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, here we go back to that formula. The word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord did not come to him while he was weary and tired. It did not come to him before he had some company and before he was eating good spiritual food or, or good natural food. The voice of the Lord came only after he got those things in order. So yes, we are spirits that live in bodies, but we are not only spirits that live in bodies. Uh, I am, uh, I have a soul, I have a mind, I have a will, I have emotions. I have all those things that I have to attend to as well as uh, try to be led by the spirit and, and operate in spiritual things. But I cannot forget my humanity. The moment I do that, I'm in trouble. Even Jesus, the Bible said he got tired. And what did he do? He sat down. He sat down by a well. And he started talking to this woman and uh, changed the whole Samaritan village. But when Jesus got tired, what did he do? He sat down. Also, he was tired. He'd been preaching all day. And he was sleeping in a boat. And a storm came. And everyone's, you know, knocking, screaming and all the rest. He didn't even wake up. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you got to, you got to, you know what? I am going to rest. I understand all that stuff going on. But I am going to rest so that I can do what I need to do to be an asset uh, to everyone else. Ultimately, he did wake up 
uh, when the disciples specifically came at him and say, actually, they accused him. It's like, don't you know we're perishing? You don't do something. You don't care? What's, what's going on? And, uh, but anyway, let, let's keep going. But he was trying to model something to us that sometimes you actually need to, to, to rest if you are a human being. So he arose and, and drank, and he went in that, the strength of that food, 40 days, 40 nights, and he's in this cave now, and, and now the word of the Lord comes to him. And this is important. The, the, the condition of the runway determines the bumpiness of the landing. And um, sometimes we're like, Lord, just speak, but we're not in a condition to hear. Sometimes when my heart's not right and not at peace, I'll mishear. The Lord is really trying to say something, but I'll mishear it. I'll add something or I'll put some of my perspective into it and I'll miss what the Lord is ultimately trying to, 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 to say. So I, I've learned that, you know what, I need to get into the word because even when I'm feeling, uh, I don't even trust what I hear so much um, because typically God's like, well, get yourself together and we'll have that conversation. And, and I know that that might seem strange to you, but that's how he is with me. Uh, Derek, calm yourself, possess yourself. Uh, I'm still God. You know, I haven't gone anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to respond to you till you get it together. Um, now, there are times, you know, when something hits you, life just hits you, you know, out of the blind and, and, and God immediately comforts you. But I'm talking about when he's given me capacity to possess myself and I choose not to. It's like, well, I'll wait till you're done. And this could be two days, two weeks, three, three years. It's up to you, buddy. But I am not going to become codependent uh, with you where I am supporting uh, your bad behavior, buddy. I need you to possess yourself and be the individual I called you to be. And then as you stand up and show me the Derek I want, I will communicate with you. Do you understand? He's a good father. He knows exactly what he's doing. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at gracechurchva or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.